My name is All Sports Snapper, ordained to my family and friends, and I'm a sports photographer working full-time for Getty Images. Welcome to what I hope will be one of many discussions mainly on sports photography on my show I call the Photography Philosophy Podcast. My guess is that this will be one of many podcasts you'll listen to, so you know the drill. Get in contact with me via Twitter at AllSportsNapper or my website AllSportsNapper.com with any questions, recommendations or suggestions. This show is for sports photographers of any level, so the more feedback I get off you, the more I can make it suited to what you want. In this third episode, I speak to my friend Lars Barron, a Getty Images Germany staff sports photographer. I met Lars when I was editing at the World Cup in Germany in 2006 and knew we'd be friends the minute he started making fun of the England football team's failures and the German team's successes to our English colleagues. As an Australian who lived in the UK for almost a decade, football or soccer-wise, I don't have much to cheer about, so hearing some friendly banter, which the English could not really have any comeback to, was fun to hear. I consider Lars not only one of the good guys out there, but also one of the best photographers in Germany, and if you've ever watched a German sports event and the amount of photographers that are working at these big events, that's quite a statement. We sat down via the magic of linked computers to speak about his beginnings, recent amazing assignments, kit he uses, his favourite photo which happened to be from the Winter Olympics in Canada, and the demands of photographers past, present and future. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hello Lars. It's uh, good to finally have you on my first Skype interview, um, or my first online uh, linked up with computer interview. But then again, I've just started doing this uh, thing, so there's going to be a lot of firsts. But um, welcome to Photography Philosophy. So um, nice to have you on here. Um, can we start off by you just telling me your name and uh, where you're from? Well, my name is uh, Lars Baron, and I'm from uh, Dienstlaken in Dienstlaken, Germany. Dienstlaken, and where is Dienstlaken for us? Uh, Dienstlagen is uh, on the west side of Germany. It's just uh, only one hour from the Dutch border. It's near uh, big cities around like Cologne, just as all that part of. Okay, and are you are you from there originally, or have you moved there? Yeah, I'm, no, I'm I'm born in uh, Dienstlagen, so it's my my hometown, my uh, hometown. Yeah, after I, after I lived a few a few years in Cologne and, and was that Hamburg. for work. Just uh, jumping ahead of ourselves. I went to Cologne for study and then uh, for work to Hamburg for work for Bongas and then uh, I could move back uh, to Dienstlaken because it was there's so many football clubs around here, um, so I can. Okay, work cool. All right. Well, let's um, before we start talking about what you're doing and all that kind of thing. Now, let's start. Go back to um, what uh, what was your first photography? Your first photography um, memory. Oh, um, I think it was, I was maybe 14, 15 years old and my girlfriend from that time, she was always laughing about my photography because it was so <laughs> bad. Well, actually, <laughs> I improved over the years. <laughs> That's the memory. And what I was have. your uh, <laughs> camera? Do you remember what camera? I, I, I'm asking everybody I had, this I question. think I played a little bit uh, with an old Canon A1 okay. from my father. Good camera. And I think I, I used this for my first proper photos for the first sports pictures. Oh, right. So I went from an amateur camera to a professional yeah. camera. That's, yeah, yeah. I, remember, I remember the A1. It's a very good camera, actually. 
And uh, yeah, what uh, drew you into photography? Why, why photography and why was it sport from the start or was it other things that you were doing? I was always involved in sport. I, did, I played handball for a long time and uh, uh, while I'm studying uh, sport journalism, I always took pictures for a local newspaper and uh, it was always sport. So uh, I was always interested in uh, in sport, and uh, yeah, I I I'm, uh, had a like a um, sports what is it called in English? Um, um, there was an evening course. Yeah, like yeah, a, night, a, a night little, class. Uh, night classes. Night, yeah, a night class of a of a photo studio here in in Dienstlaken, and they uh, they made a sport class as well, and uh, we went to the uh, to the horse race track here in my hometown, and we, and that were actually my first sport pictures. You still so have those pictures somewhere, or I, I still have them, but maybe you don't <laughs> want to see them. <laughs> but sometimes I, I I went back to to the uh, to the horse track and did some some stuff when I just playing around a little bit, and uh, yeah, it's good. It's good to to train there because uh, it's a good good uh, sport to to. Get better in your photo skills. I used skills. to go down to the park and just shoot the local um, soccer and uh, Australian Bruce football uh, yeah. guys playing as well. So that's how I did my practice. So yeah, yeah, you need to do that, don't you? Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. what about when you first? When was the first time you got paid? When? How? How? And when was the first time you got paid for a job for taking a picture? After I did this uh, evening class, I um, I noticed that my local newspaper looking for. Uh, uh, photographers at the weekend so um, I went out with one of the photographers there and uh, I took a few pictures and funny wise they used my pictures instead of his <laughs> picture on on the first job I did and uh, and I could uh, work for them at the weekend but I normally did one maybe a Saturday or a Sunday and then um, yeah it was was actually hard work because it was on film days and you had to uh, cover four games in two hours. So you took maybe 10 minutes pictures, jump in the car, drove to the next game, 10 minutes pictures. And you didn't know if now on these days, you look at the camera, you look at the back of the camera, you know, okay, I have a picture, I can go to the next game. But uh, during the film days, you have to be, okay, maybe that was a good picture that it fits in the in the layout of the newspaper. So, okay, I go and uh, go to the next it's game. It's amazing, isn't it, how, how much has it changed? Um, yeah. And uh, why do you think, like you know, obviously you've you've taken the picture, you've you've got a good photo, and then you thought did, did it pretty much happen straight after? Then they say, okay, next week we want you back, or was it was it is as easy as that? Yeah, it was actually. It was they say, oh, the picture's looking good, and because um, the photographers who worked there, they came from the news base, they did everything. They were not really sports specialists, and uh, I have a big sports background I think that make I think you could see the difference of the pictures because I know what happened during the sport and I think that's very important for for the knowledge for the of the game itself yeah yeah gotcha okay that's that's a good little tip there know, know the sport when you're about to shoot as well of course yeah that helps definitely <laughs> and um, you've mentioned Bongarts already how did how did you get involved um, for the people that don't know can you just explain a little bit about Bongarts yeah, I get involved with them. Uh, we we use their pictures when I'm working for uh, online 
sports agency, sports informationsdienst. So I was a, I, I, write, I wrote for them, um, but I always took pictures at the weekend for the local newspaper. And then uh, we worked with Bongats together. And then I, I asked if I can send them a CD with a couple of my pictures I took. And if I can do uh, maybe one month's uh, practica there. And then uh, they get my pictures and they were they say, oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, come up to Hamburg for four weeks and uh, and just work with us for four weeks. So so you were doing writing for Sports File, is that right? For a... Sports Information Students. It was okay. uh, like an online uh, um, agency. We, we, we made uh, news uh, for sport1.de or we did the um, homepage for the German football. Uh, association. So you did all the text for that, and then text, yeah, yeah, okay. That was only text, and I was uh, I was actually involved in the archiving archiving of every pictures we we using from Bongas, and um, so I had a little bit of a um, inside information. With, yeah, to do now to do with the pic to deal with the pictures as well for for the uh, the layout for the, online, for the layout. Yeah, right. So and then I send a CD with my pictures to Bongards and they invite me to come to Hamburg for four four weeks and after the four weeks they ask me if I want to work for them. Do you think um, seeing so, the photos that they were using or did, did you think that helped you as well, like decide that you could? I think it helped uh, the four weeks I worked there. I think they were really uh, happy with my stuff I I took and uh, I learned in the four in the four weeks I started with Bongards. I learned so much as well. Uh, I used digital cameras then already so um, no it was really good and I could use uh, proper lenses like if I never had a 400 before mm -hmm. so I always used my old 7200 when I'm working for the local newspaper um, no and I think I was I did quite well the four weeks and then they asked me if I can, if I want to take a job with them yeah. and then I moved up to to Hamburg for uh, was already employed by them or was I a volunteer for, for, I think I was a volunteer for one year. Yeah. And then I got a proper contract. Okay. All right. So now let's um, let's skip ahead a little bit and just say from Bongarts to how long, uh, when was this uh, firstly, when, when were you at Bongarts? What year was this when I was switching? Uh, I joined Bongarts 2003. Okay. 2003. And then Getty Images. Um, coming to Germany and I think we need to um, get into the German market. Let's we're looking at buying an agency and they look at yeah. buying Bongarts and what year was uh, what year did uh, Getty acquire Bongarts? I think it was 2004. 2004. All oh, right, so fairly quickly yeah. after you joined. End of 2004, yeah. I were, I think I, I finished my my volunteer there with Bongarts and then uh, after I get my contract I think a few months later they um, they bought Getty Image. Uh, they bought Bongarts. Yeah, bought Bongarts. Okay, yeah. so and was there much of a difference in the op daily operation from what you were doing at Bongarts and then when Getty come on board, or was it? Yeah, just... I think Bongarts was a big uh, German agency, but they were just it's nothing uh, compared to to Getty Images. So we were just a few photographers, and we had always. Uh, uh, we have to look. Act, we had not the best gear. We had to uh, deal with what we have and everything. So and then uh, Bong, then the big global player Getty bought Bongarts, and uh, it was really good for us. And it was we had to change our photo photography as well. 
uh, was more at this stage it was more um, looking after really high quality uh, like what they said at the first time when they were in Hamburg they said we working for the double pages so okay. you, you need high quality to uh, to get a proper double page in a magazine you cannot crop like like uh, like Mickey Mouse or whatever okay so, so when you uh, say that we mean um, with you're talking about like doing the cropping like you can't just take a picture and then just do the big crop, you know, just zoom right yeah, in. Yeah, that's what crop. I mean. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 wanna, you have to you have to shoot it how you want it. Yeah, fill it, fill the frame. Yeah, fill the frame. That's what I mean. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it was a little bit. Uh, uh, it was a change, and I I liked it. I like to to look at the other stuff from from the old old sport guys and and check out their pictures, what they're doing, and I, I think I learned lots of like guys, um, Clive Mason or. Uh, when I was worked with uh, Ben Redford at the beginning at the football uh, field, that was really really cool, really good. I I hear you loud and clear on that one, especially Ben Radford was a photographer that was working for Getty, who was uh, uh in my yeah, opinion, he, the best football he, photographer at the company. At the yeah, he was uh, really helpful at the beginning with um and and told me lots of stuff at the football, um especially the remotes and everything. It was really good. Ben Radford seemed to, he was the king of remotes. I remember actually a remote of his where he had William Gallas, who was playing at Chelsea at the time, sort of falling in the net and pretty much screaming right down the barrel of his camera. And I just thought, yeah. oh, I mean, <laughs> I've been doing this job for many years now and I, I don't think I've ever got anything close to being a frame as nice as that. So, you know, he he was definitely the king of remotes. He always there. told me to put a remote down, doesn't matter which game it is, because you never know what happened. So if it's a second uh, Bundesliga game and... and some really amazing things happened in the in the range of the remote, and you didn't put it down. You afterwards you say, "Oh fuck, why why I don't why I don't have a remote there?" So you will you never know what happened in front of the goal. Yeah, I, I I've taken that same advice off him as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know sometimes I'm not doing it if it's raining or if you're like, "Oh, I'm come I'm if I'm late at the game," I say, "Ah, oh, come on." Or if it's in in Germany, we have always we have lots of uh, the small net. Yeah, and the small looks, holes in the net. The small so holes, yeah, and it looks not really good then. So, so let me just mention, like, for people that are unfamiliar, when we talk about remotes, we're talking. Um, so what happens is, as you're shooting a match, you're sitting on the sidelines of a match, and then you'll have like a remote trigger or a cable that will run to your either a foot pedal or a trigger that will be on your camera, and then that camera will um, fire another camera which is behind the net, which is right behind the goals. And if you look at any football match, um, you'll see those. Um, the the cameras behind the goal and obviously the photographers are triggering these and what Lars is saying is that um, sometimes the nets in Germany have these smaller holes so when you set up a camera on a wider angle behind the net in the goal it's very difficult to actually see what's going on because the net's yeah. so small so um, yeah that's uh, and it's white as well so you see lots of white and yeah so the majority of the frame is filled with white small yeah. lines instead of being uh, the action which you'd like you know so what you yeah. ideally want is Larger holes or, or with a black um, a black uh, string net, and that yeah. way you can actually see a bit more of um, the action that's going on in the goal mouth, uh, yeah. goal mouth uh, action sort of thing. Yeah, that's right. Okay, well now what, what? So we're talking obviously a lot about football here or soccer for our uh, American friends. <laughs> what uh, what do you do? You enjoy shooting uh, soccer the most, or is there something else? Or is there or you? Uh... I say I um, yeah. Football or soccer is uh, absolutely my main uh, sport I'm covering because it's like 
I think when you look in the newspaper in Germany, there are 90% or 95% uh, news about football and uh, all the other sport is maybe on, on one page in the newspaper. So obviously I'm doing lots of football and we have lots of uh, football clients as well in Germany. And um, I really like to shoot football. I like to do the big tournaments like World Cup and the Euros and... Um, yeah, it's, it's always nice to work at the football stadium, but I am uh, also do now a little bit motorsport. I'm doing Formula One a few races per year. It's a, nice to do this because it's a little bit of a change during the day-by-day -day work. So you, go, you, you are then maybe for a week not at the football ground, so you're getting uh, motivated again. You do some other stuff. You, you try to do some other pictures as well because... Formula One and football is totally different for me to shoot. So um, yeah, that's um these are my two main uh, sports over the year. But also, I like to do winter sports. I like to do the uh, Winter Olympics, which is I like to work there because you have the winter sports. You have a little bit more, uh, I would say, freedom. You can work where you want. Actually, most of the time, it's not like in, at the football field you are really stuck in your positions you you can work there or you can uh, on the other side and that's it so um yeah these are my my three sports i would say i would just uh, tell our listeners like lars last weekend this will date the podcast but we can uh, lars was working uh, at the uh, spa last week doing uh on rouge isn't it that's the famous corner in formula one Actually, I shoot there, I, I run up there, and I drove with my car up there as well. Wow. So, yeah, because the, uh, the streets were, so, were totally blocked, and we, we knew uh, like a little secret way out of the course. And so we, we'd have to drive on the, on the track then after the race. Did you hit the 200-kilometer mark or anything like uh, that? No, you just couldn't. Nice because the, <laughs> all the uh, trucks were... Uh, driving around there to uh, rebuild the paddock and everything. So I mean, that's quite a quite a thrill there. though to be driving on a Formula One track. I mean, that's yeah, uh, it's cool. it was cool, and it starts heavy rain actually. What actually what we need for the for the race would would be the race a little bit more uh, interesting. Um, yeah, but we, my colleagues uh, Paul Gillam and Dan Istantin, they were also on the track. So, but we didn't do a proper race <laughs> you um you actually brought up an interesting point there um i know from working as a i was working at a match last night um uh, working in the rain is no fun but you said then that uh, working in formula one when the rain it makes it more interesting can you explain that uh, to to me please yeah if, if it starts raining during the uh, during the race all the teams have to change they have to change tires they have to come back in the garage and um, f that makes the race more interesting because uh, you don't know how they, some of them risk a little bit more, stay a little bit longer, and then it gets slippery or whatever. And for us photographers as well, you you have like we had four days of sunshine, and um, it looks always the same then at the corners. But if it starts raining, you get a totally different look of the of the track. You get different pictures. You get the spray of the water and everything. Um, that makes a, a different point uh, came into the into the game then. So uh, no, okay. it's, sometimes it's if you're prepared for rain, it's all right to shoot in there. You get very nice pictures. Like um, I remember um, one of my favorite pictures last year from a 
colleague from Australia, Cameron Spencer, he did this uh, haka from New Zealand in the heavy rain, and it was an amazing picture. I think it was it would be a normal picture if it's like in sunlight, but with the rain, and then I think they took the the top off, and it was an amazing picture, really. Yeah, the haka is uh, the um is a, the, the, the dance. Like a yeah, it's yeah. a war dance that the the New Zealand rugby team do before the. For the match, and yeah, I think Cameron was—he yeah. was directly in front of them as well, wasn't he? He was right. Yeah, in front he was of in front of them, and then it was a heavy rain, and I think they took all the, the tops off, and uh, he he converted into black and white as well. It looks—it looked amazing. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was a very a, a very aggressive, but um, I mean, I remember yeah, seeing it. It's, it's it, beautiful. It says everything about the about the dance, about yeah. the the haka, and what it what it means. So yeah, definitely. Was, Sometimes you have these pictures when you see when you sing at the last year. Um, you have always a few pictures in your mind, also from from your colleagues, which just uh, are in your mind if you you don't forget them. Well, that brings me on to a um, a subject that I was going to uh, mention a bit later. But your a favorite picture now. Um, I've been looking through, and I'll put a link to um, to your uh, selection of your favorite twenty pictures um, that, that's on the Getty website. I would have guessed that one of your favorite pictures would be when being a German and being in, the, <laughs> being in the change room after Germany had won the last World Cup, and all the players are celebrating. I mean, that's that's quite a a privileged, that, a privileged position. That, that was a absolutely, I think, one in a lifetime moment. It was it was a perfect moment for for me as a German photographer in the German locker room. Uh, I was actually. There were just three photographers in there. There was the official photographer from uh, Angela Merkel and me because I was working for FIFA and some guy for, from DFB. So um, it was amazing if you, you were in there in the Maracana. But it's, not a, it's, like, it's a nice moment. It was a nice moment for me as well. Uh, and I don't know if I get, in, get this moment again. I have no idea if Germany will win the World Cup again. Um, and if I'm in this position then as well, but it was just a group picture. It's not like, uh, um, yeah, like an amazing uh, action picture or, or beautiful whatever in picture in the sunset or whatever. So yeah, but of course it was one of my. I think this was my biggest moment in my photo career yeah, so far. Yeah, I mean, I looked at that picture. And I just thought, yeah, there's, they, they couldn't. Have, I, I didn't know there was only three of you in there, but yeah, there couldn't have been many photographers. And I can no, imagine no. people, you know, you sending that picture out and you being the envy of many German photographers, thinking that Lars guy, Jesus, yeah. lucky to be there. And obviously working. And can you just explain to us? You were working for, obviously, you are a full-time photographer working for Getty Images, um, but uh, you were on your byline there. It says FIFA. Can you just explain? Quickly, like what what that means. We as Getty Images, we are the official uh, agency for, for FIFA, so we are covering every FIFA event for them. So they book uh, photographers, uh, Getty photographers, to cover the, the tournaments, and then you got um, special access. You can go in the in the tunnel. You can go. You sit on the side like at the World Cup. You sit on the sideline next to the head coaches, next to the benches where no other photographer is allowed to sit. Um, they want to have just other pictures. They're using the, the normal uh, editorial stuff as well, but they want to have other pictures like like players walking in a tunnel or they, they um, 
stand together before and looking concentrated. And also the stuff after the final, like um, this wasn't... Uh, so I, I cannot just go into the locker room. The, the locker room is the uh, um, like the the territorium for of the team. So we private space. So we as a FIFA photographer we had to ask as well. Can we go after, after if you win the the trophy? Can we go in there? Is it possible? And yeah, and both both uh, Argentina and uh, Germany they both said yeah it's okay if we win uh, you are allowed to come in. Um, yeah, and then I I walked in there and. Uh, <laughs> And did some. I, I was really, yeah. I, I was really like quiet in there, and I, I was, it was amazing. It was yeah, cool. I'm sure I can imagine a lot of very emotional. And the funny life. thing is, last year I covered the uh, no, this year. Sorry, this year I covered the women's World Cup in Canada, and uh, I was in the locker room as well with the with the US team. So I did both Men's soccer and women's and... World Cup final winners. Yeah, racing. I did. I did both. Uh, I was in the locker room with the men's uh, champion and with the women's champion now as well. So it was quite funny. <laughs> well, well done. Yeah. Uh, now let's. Um, now I, I mentioned that picture, but now, um, yeah, obviously well, I know you. We're friends. We go. Uh, did we met at the World Cup or? Uh, it might have been the football World Cup in Germany. Yeah, yeah you're right. Actually, two thousand six. Yeah. Okay, so now yeah. <laughs> I've known you obviously a long time, and I know I do know which picture because I remember we were working in London in 2012 at the Olympics. Yeah. And your one of your pictures, um, they uh, in London they had a in the the staff cafeteria, they had you know great pictures from the Olympics of previous years, and one of Lars's photos was uh, blown up, you know, probably two meters big on the wall, and it had a a little story about the picture itself. And um, can you? Uh, I'll just quickly describe the picture is a uh, a picture from the Winter Olympics and it's a photo of two athletes crossing the finish line um, both stretching both making a very similar shape and you're sort of just and I mean it looks like the guy on the left is just getting his ski across the line first but it's two is it two Russian athletes is that right Yeah two Russian two Russian they're, they're both the same color the suit on as well so and uh, no it was quite nice because we were to, um, with two photographers there it was my colleague my German colleague Alexander Hasselstein and me and Alexander and we always we changed uh, the lower finish line position day by day so and it was his day on the on the lower ground and I say okay I will do some action stuff uh, from the track and for the it was I think it was a sprint race I don't know how long it was um, so um, they always, I think five guys start together and then first crossing the line is the winner. So um, for the final, I came back and I, I okay, I, I noticed Alexander is on the lower level. So I go up on the photo tower and try to, to find a good spot there. And I, I looked for a nice celebration with Shadow on the, on the snow because it was one of the uh, few, we had, we had not many sunny days down there in Whistler. So um it was one sunny day and then um so i set my i think i had a 400 up with me and a 7200 and i was up on the top uh, on the tower and then i could see um i, I chose a, a position on the like there were four lines and i chose a position in the middle so right okay. between in the middle of the four lines it was on the left side of the tower and then uh, i saw these two guys coming on the first and second line together really close together and I uh, said so, oh you have to change 
So I moved out of my position. Get in. I, I went into. I think I was in the in the third row. So two rows before in front of me of photographers. Two rows of photographers. So how many photographers would you say were in front of you? At I was saying that there were maybe fifteen up there. Oh wow. Twenty. Okay. Then they, I went out of my. I had a really nice front position, and then went out, went into the. It was in the third row, and I just said, okay, set four hundred. It would be full frame for one guy. And I used my seventy two hundred then, and I I put I took my position right between the two lines where the guys came on, and then I said, okay, cool, they're coming really close, and then they they yeah they're stretched out, and I uh, actually after they finish they're crossing the line, they fall over each other. Okay. And I said, oh, that was cool. That was cool. I looked to my camera and I said, oh, that's nice. And then I tagged them, and then put so at this at the Olympics at the big games we don't. Uh, Edit our pictures by ourselves. We just send it into uh, on a server, and the guys at the media center, the editors, work on them. So they do the caption, and so. But uh, I, I definitely noticed that uh, this is a good one. This special really picture. Good, good special picture. Yeah. Well, that was a, that was what I was going to say. Like, obviously, you've talked about how you, you know you've you've looked at the situation. You've said, okay, I'm going yeah, to move. I, and... I, yeah, I, I could, that's what I said at, at the winter sports, you have a little bit more freedom, so you can, if you see what happens, you say you can, can react on it. So, and I, I saw them coming really close, and, and I noticed, actually, I noticed other photographers still stand up there with the 400, and they just have one, you know, they, maybe they didn't know what hap what can happen, or they just saw, oh, we'll just have the celebration, but I saw this is a, like a sprint race, they're really, they're stretching out for the line and uh, you need both in the frame, it's, it's a whole story, and uh, it was sunlight, the, the shadows were in the right position, and I think uh, I was also a little bit lucky as well. So as soon as you shot it, you looked at the back of the camera and you thought, okay, I know I've got a nice, yeah. really nice frame here. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, definitely, I noticed uh, so far that was my best Olympic picture there. And uh, yeah, and at the end, what you said, it was, uh, I think it was under the top 20 pictures of the Olympics. And that was in the, uh, what you said, in London on the wall. And also, that was also a big honor. Um, Getty used it in Sochi for the uh, Getty office in the media center as a, like it was, whatever was it, six meters mass um, three meters high at the entrance of the getty office in the media center so how, how, how can that not put a smile on your face when you walk in and big one <laughs> really big one <laughs> so the funniest thing uh yeah it was good everybody who who came into the office saw it and uh lots of people did uh did some funny pictures in front of it they do they did the same stretching in front of it so they tried to do the same what the guys did so uh, it was cool it was really good yeah, a bit of uh, an honor. iconic image. It's always nice to have an iconic image oh, the, in your yeah. catalog. <laughs> it's always nice. <laughs> All right. So you you mentioned before um, about the editors. Now are we in the previous episode, I spoke to Chris Lee, and we we um, we briefly mentioned um, you know having an editor and um, and uh, working yourself. Can you just explain to me like what's your, a normal workflow? So you get to a job, you get to a football match. Um, and you know you've got your cameras, everything set up, and then how, after you've pressed that the shutter button, you've you've taken your photo. What's the workflow? How does how how do you um, work from there? Then I um I don't normally I I'm working at the Bundesliga games without an editor. Only the big games we had uh, 
editors and we all also started now that some of uh, my other photo photographer colleagues edit our stuff like i have to do tomorrow i have to uh, do a i have to edit a bundesliga game for my colleague martin roses so he's, okay. sitting, he's sitting in a stadium and i'm sitting down in my office and edit his pictures i didn't know that <laughs> okay so I, didn't, well, when, I didn't know that either <laughs> yeah yeah but when i'm uh, when i'm alone at the stadium and i don't have an editor i just get the card into the computer, download the pictures, and uh, normally I tag it uh, in the camera before. So I just, uh, with the program we use, I can tell them, just show me the tag pictures. And then I open it, do a little bit of Photoshop, like crop and uh, resharp a little bit. That's it. That's all what we did. And then uh, I send it out to the, I do the caption. I using, uh, there are lots of uh, like typing programs now, uh, which helps out. You just press maybe uh, one letter and the number and the, the name of the players pop up. Uh, so that helps a little bit because you have when you're working on the picture, the game is still going on. So you have to have one eye on the on the on the field and the other eye on your uh, computer. Um, I normally I normally put my long lens. On the floor, then I just have have the laptop next to me, working on the laptop, and have the uh, Go Mouse uh, camera and the 7200 ready if something happened right in front of me. Um, yeah, and then I caption the picture and send it out to the client. So normally, maybe it takes five five minutes. It's out. Okay, so and uh, just for our listeners, the you talked about the shortcuts, so. Um, we use a Getty. We use a program called Gift, which is very similar to a um, what's that uh, program called? Photo Mechanic. Or yes, that's it. Photo Mechanic. So it's very yeah. similar to that, and um, you can have programs that are running in the background, which you'll type in. Say, if you're doing a Bayern Munich match, and you have B B10, will bring up um, automatically. Will bring up Ian Robin of Bayern Munich. Instead of typing his whole name, you just put. Yeah. Two letters and it autom automatically. This is a, something you set up before. So okay. So I mean, that's that seems to be pretty common now. Everyone seems to be using these auto hotkey um, style yeah. programs, which do these uh, quick. Because um, obviously, it's all about speed these days, isn't it? It's a lot. A, a yeah, bit... and and you um, you have not so many chances to make mistakes when you type always I and Robin I and Robin of Munich. It's easy to just uh, miss a letter or. The, Miss uh, spelling it, and if you if you have if you've done it before, like when you have time to do it and to double check the names, then uh, you know hopefully do not so many mistakes in the caption. That is yes exactly, and if you've got games going on and there's goals being scored and things like that, you don't yeah. Know. so yeah the quicker the better, isn't it? Yeah yeah right. Um, now uh, when you go to a job, so you you're on your way to a job, like do you have? Have you done a little bit of research? Have you sort of looked into the team's form, players' form? You know, are the players being linked with other clubs? I mean, do you do all this kind of? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still interesting in in sports, so I'm, I'm reading newspapers or I'm, I'm reading in the online, uh, like Build Online or Spiegel or whatever, and um, I'm checking out what's going on. And um, of course, if you know, oh, there's, like, there's one big player who is. Uh, who will go to a Premier League club or whatever, you have to concentrate on, on him. But we always have some other clients which, like, we're working for, for Japanese newspapers and there are lots of Japanese players in the Bundesliga, so you have to cover them as well. Um, also, when they're not playing, when they're just sitting on the bench, you have to take some pictures of them as well. So, Yeah, the J Japanese market is... Um... 
a big a, market, a yeah. big market, a big growing market, and obviously there's a lot of Japanese players that are moving into um, to the Bundesliga now, which is which is great for the Bundesliga and for uh, Japanese football as well, I guess. Not many of the top clubs that has players from Japanese. Like I think the only one is Kagawa, if it's Dortmund, but also the, the teams about like plays five to fifteen. There are lots of Japanese players in the in that squads. So yeah. I actually shot one last week, Muto from uh, Mainz. Uh, FSV, I think it is Mainz. Yeah, there are lots of in in Holland as well. Aren't there? There's a few in the a few in the Dutch league as well, but yeah. um, I seem to be shooting a bit more German football these days. So, uh, oh really? Yes. <laughs> when you're when you're jetting around doing Formula One, someone has to cover your, your team. I'm not I'm not jetting to Spa. I'm driving in my car. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but I, I, from memory, I think you will be. No, you just want to shoot proper football. I want to shoot football. <laughs> You will be going to um, Brazil, though, or something. Is that right? You'll be going to some of the other Formula One races later on in the year. Is that right? Yeah, I do. Uh, first, the next one is in Sochi. So back to to the Winter Olympic uh, venue. But okay. Formula One there. It's quite interesting to see how it changed after. Well, how long is it now? Is it two years? No, when was it? 2014. So, it, yeah, it was last year, actually. So, okay. Um, yeah. Um, and then I go to, well, I'm looking really forward to going to Austin and Mexico for Formula One. And my last Formula One race this year is then in Sao Paulo, which is quite nice because my cousin lives there with his family now for, he's working there for three years. So I will, I can meet him there and stay a little bit longer. Oh, right. Very nice. For, for a few days. So now you know why I'm doing more German football if you're uh, on holiday uh, in Brazil. <laughs> That's the reason, right. <laughs> um, okay, so um, let's um, get to the part which um, people like me, geeks, <laughs> gear geeks, or uh, people that love to know about kits. What, um, what kit, uh, before, actually before we get to your professional kit, what kit, what, what, what your, your equipment that you started with, when you started, you're talking about... Um, you know, when you started at Bongart and before Getty yeah. came in, what were, what were you shooting on then? Was it obviously you still had film, but you said they were moving to digital? What cameras did you use? What what lenses did you have? Um, what yeah, were you I think I, I started and invest lots of money um, as a student in a, a what was it e EOS uh, V1? Yes. The film, film camera. And I bought uh, the, um, it was Canon 800 to 200. I, the it was this black black lens. Okay. And it was for me as a student. It was really expensive to support this, but I thought I want to go. I want to do it properly. I want to do it really on a on a high level. So you need high uh, high end equipment. You cannot shoot. Well, maybe now you can shoot on on an iPhone as well and put some filters over it and it looks good as well. But <laughs> at these days you you need it or you still you need good cameras and and the best uh, especially the best lenses to do cover sport because especially when you're shooting local sport you're working in uh, in venues like where handball is or ice hockey and it's really dark. It's not like the uh, the venues where where uh, Bundesliga handball will be played or so the light is really bad so you need proper lenses and proper cameras and then uh, I remember I bought then my first digital camera it was the Kodak was it 520 or whatever it was really expensive at that time but I thought I, I, I want to do this and 
I think I produced yeah. a two meg file. I think it was from memory. Yeah, was some, like a... some like, I remember the big IBM uh, uh, cards in there, and they were expensive as well. When you look now, what is what the stuff is cost now? It's unbelievable. <laughs> and it changed after a year. You can you could uh, put the camera away because everything it was uh, it changed so quickly. So it, it got dated up. very quickly, didn't it? I mean, yeah, even... yeah. And then I got my Canon equipment from. Uh, from uh, I got a little bit of stuff from Bongards and then especially the long lenses we got from Bongards and the camera as well and then uh, yeah when Getty bought us we got I got my so you were a Canon shooter from day one um, and then yeah and then so then Getty, Getty joined and um, uh, a luxury which um, I still feel very privileged to uh, have is we we seem we get a lot of the latest and greatest kit out there yeah what are you using at the moment what's your uh, what's your kit i'm using uh, nikon now i change i change over the years because of <laughs> some reason but, uh, yeah but i um actually i could do getting uh, told me if you want you can change i test the stuff and i was happy and i'm also happy with the nikon guys here in germany they're really looking after us it's really nice to work with them and it's fun they they just half an hour driving from my hometown is a Nikon Germany base, so it's quite good. Um, yeah, it's good I, having that support as well, isn't it? Yeah, you? of course. If yeah, like if you need some special lenses or or if something is, uh, you know, the, we're working every day with with the gear and with the lenses and with the camera, then it easily can happen something, especially when you do um, like Formula One, you carry everything with you and your camera is bouncing against some metal stuff or it, it can happen easily yeah, and uh, it's good if they're close to you and I, I drove there give it there I get a replacement for the time uh, they need to repair my camera and my lenses um yeah well what I'm I'm <laughs> funny wise I looked yesterday I, I was at the Champions League game Leverkusen against uh, Lazio Rome and I had I have actually I had five cameras with me. Five. Yeah, but I just used three. <laughs> I said, "Damn, yeah, why you can't carry all the stuff?" But you never know. Sometimes you need you want to set up two remotes, or you want to have a widey with you next to you, or so I always I, I want to be always prepared. I want to have everything with me. A part of uh, if you are there and you think, "Okay, oh, I can I could put a remote down." Oh, I forgot it at home, or I left it at home because. For me, I, I I travel. I take the stuff with me, and uh, if I if I need it, it's good. If I don't need it, it's well as well. So. So, what these five bodies you have? What 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 are they? Which bodies are they? I think I three D four S. Three D three four D S. Four D S. Yeah. Yep. And uh, sorry. Yeah. And uh, one four. Uh, two four D. Two four Ds. Okay. And yeah. uh, and lenses. What's your uh, yeah, it's football uh, football games are working with a 400 2.8 and a 70 to, uh, 70 to 200 2.8. These are my uh, main lenses I'm using there. Um, normally, I had a third body next to me with a wide angle, like a 24-70, or if there's a celebration right in, in front of me. Um, yeah, and I also use a 24-70 uh, for the remote camera. Okay, so the so you've got your four. I, I don't like I don't like to to have the whole goal in the frame. 
as a remote camera, which some of the photographers like, I, I normally cut a little bit of the cut out a little bit of the goal. Yeah, so um, let me just explain. So I'm covering, covering one side of the goal. Yeah, so the, when Lars, because um, I do the same thing, so you have you can set up two cameras behind the goal, and you'll put a camera on either side. And that way, you you know you trigger them at the same time, so you're firing. So if something happens on either side, you've got it. But yeah, there are photographers who will put one 14 mil or even a fisheye lens sometimes in the middle of the goal and try to get everything. But yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you there as well. Sometimes it, I find that um, unless the player is right on the goal line, they're too yeah. small. They're too small in the frame, aren't they? I, yeah, I yeah. Think. it's a yeah. Hold on, Dean. Yes, I get my power cable. Okay, I'll yeah. wait. Yeah, one second. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Okay, so now with the power of uh, editing, we're back. Um, so now uh, we've talked about your cameras, your the bodies that you've got. Um, so you've got your 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 four hundred, your seventy two hundred, and the wide angle that you use. If like at a World Cup, which I'm sure you did, um, you've got your third body next to you. What lens did you have on the on the body next to you? The I have a twenty four seventy as well. Yeah, sometimes a little bit wider, like a 14 to 24, because you never know what if you're really involved in in the celebration. If you're really close to them, maybe it's better to have a little bit wider one. It doesn't happen very often, though, but if it does, no. you'll be ready. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes. Like, um, I remember the Champions League final in Munich. Uh, it was Bayern Munich against uh, Chelsea. And after the game, every photographer won on the pitch, so... You know, actually, it's not allowed, but everyone did anyway. Everybody, everybody did, so at the end, everybody was allowed. Uh, and then you need a really wide angle because it's always like there's one guy with a cup, and I think 200 photographers want to get the best position in front of him. So it's a little bit of a pushing, and yeah. So my, so my handball background is not bad. Like when this happened, elbows <laughs> cut, elbows out, and uh, yeah, elbows pushing out. and shoving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I did I do remember seeing um, yeah it's the same as the World Cup final when the players run around or the Champions League final when the players yeah. after the match they've been presented the trophy and then they do a lap of honor sort of thing and then all the photographers lose all sense of um, uh, they lose all sense of uh, reality yeah they uh, <laughs> just start pushing each other and it all becomes a bit. Uh, a bit crazy, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And funny. Lars, you're you're <laughs> you're a big, strong bloke, so I'm sure there was a few guys flying out of your way. It helps sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I've got a question. Now, um, are there any lenses or um, bodies that you you know maybe uh, maybe our boss Steve, uh, hello Steve, <laughs> if you're listening again, <laughs> um, is uh, if he's listening, maybe he thinks, oh yeah, maybe Lars could do with that lens. What lens would? Uh, is there something that's not in your bag that you wish you had? Um, actually, I'm quite happy with what I have so far, but and also with the support of the Nikon guys, if I need something, I can call them, and if it's available, I can I can get it. Um, oh yeah, sometimes you. Actually, I'm I'm fine actually with it. That's Steve, nice, isn't it? Steve would like to hear it. How many, how, Steve, Steve will love that. <laughs> how many photographers out there can actually say I'm happy with what I've got? You know. No, I would like to have. I would like oh, to buy. Uh, something. I'm thinking about to buy something for my private use when I'm uh, like going on holidays with the kids and with the family. Um, 
I'm thinking about about the uh, Fuji cameras. They're really nice. Okay, yeah, the X. Uh, I think they're the X100T. Yeah, the or X1. Like, like uh, they're really nice. Um, because I, I don't want to carry all the heavy Nikon stuff with me. Um, and it's the stuff I use for work. I don't want to take it on private. Yeah, I know. You just want a, a nice little camera that's got manual, yeah. to, manual control. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Good quality file, and you don't have to, yeah. especially, you know, all the batteries and charges. They... Yeah, just put one lens on it and just work with it. And, uh, yeah. Back to basics. Back to basics. It's good. It's, it's, it's nice. Yeah. What's different, do you find, um, from, you know, 2004, 2003 to what we are doing now? It, it, I think it changed definitely about the uh, how quick you have to deliver pictures. Um, actually, I started um, in the digital industry on the, on the higher, on the professional level to shoot pictures. So I, I don't can say something about filming days really on, on the professional level. Uh, I, I did the filming stuff in, uh, well, I, I worked with film uh, at the local sports area, so I had to make my films as well, but I think it is different uh, how the guys did uh, the years before when they were working at a, at a Bundesliga game or on the World Cup. Um, um, yeah, it's it's now, it, it depends how, how quick you can deliver pictures now, um, because the quality is not. I think, yeah, the quality is important as well. But uh, there's so many good photographers now on on the way. Um, so it's and it's also difficult to find a different angle um, in sports view because you, as a photographer, you are really restricted in your uh, in your work. You have to do work from there, and you have to get out whatever you can get. So um, I think the main change is. Uh, how quick you can deliver pictures. So uh, speed is very important. Uh, if we, I think, if Getty is planning the, the major events, it's so much. They put so many many efforts in uh, IT support and in uh, editors who make our pictures, uh, who, who uh, transmit our pictures to uh, to the clients. And I think that this is the main main thing now. But now, I th like when I, when we're working for FIFA, uh, for example. They want to have this high quality and different pictures, and they give us the opportunity to do it. So that's quite nice. I like to do this. Yeah, definitely. They want to have. They they don't. They get uh, also in Formula One when you work for the team. They 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 say, okay, we want we get the normal stuff anyway from from other agencies or from other photographers, but we want you guys to do some uh, like different picture, like a different angle. So, and I like to do this. You get different ac you get different access though for those pictures as well, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you need different access. If you if you have, uh, it's it's really difficult to get a different picture where other fifty other photographers sitting because I think on the fifth they are all good. Most of them are all good photographers and they have all good equipment right now. So uh, it's um, okay. I think for for really. You have to look out for different angles, and if you get access for it, it makes it easier. Yeah, definitely. We're guessing here, but how do you see the future? What, what do you think? What do you think of the next five years in uh, in the industry? How do you think the? You know, obviously, we're talking about speed now. You know, what's it going to be like in five years? What's what are the cameras going to be able to do in five years' time? What, what's your sort of? You know, just I, th a I rough think. Guess. I think, and that I think pictures will be always very important. It's like. 
uh, a few years ago they say oh, video is the main thing but i think if you look at social media as well the social media lives of pictures i think like instagram or, or facebook you need pictures for 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 this stuff and um, i think pictures will be always important and um, and for us sports photographers you you need guys who know how to shoot it it's not like you can do it with your iphone or you can do it but it looks it looks not not the same so you need the proper um you need the proper gear you need the knowledge to do it and uh, yeah and i'm i'm really happy to do it and i think in five years we still do it we'll still be doing it. i hope so <laughs> I, I think so i think so fingers crossed we'll still be doing it yeah definitely yeah well i think during the last years the picture's getting more important with social media everybody loves pictures everybody can take pictures but everybody likes to see wow this guy's doing sports pictures. especially in sport it's not easy for for like people uh, do pictures with you with your iphone it looks totally different when you do it properly with a proper camera and uh, yeah with, with the knowledge yeah i think the access is well. obviously access is important as well if you can get you know whether it be access to the local football game or or you know yeah. Bundesliga match yeah um, yeah access is definitely a, a, a major factor in that as well but yeah yeah and it's not and I think sport is very difficult to shoot because it's, it's very fast you have to know you have to anticipate what can happen and uh, and I think you it will be very important in five years as well everybody loves sports every love everybody loves pictures so Lars, I think that's. Um, I think we'll leave it there. But thank you, um, thank you very much for your time. I know you're a busy man. You're welcome. As <laughs> <laughs> you. And I know, and uh, yeah, I, I know we'll um, we'll we'll see each other very soon uh, out there when you're uh, probably going to an airport to do some fancy Formula One match, and I'm <laughs> driving to do a game that's in the rain uh, <laughs> near, near your house. <laughs> yeah, I I go actually to a game tonight. Maybe if it will rain. I'm I'm at a Dortmund. game tonight as well. I'm at Standard Liège. Do? Standard Liège. I'm oh. doing a, a Belgian uh, Europa League match, football match tonight. So uh, well, last I'm doing night, Dortmund or Europa League. So Dortmund, oh, in the Europa, they make the Europa League. I didn't even realize. I thought they uh, have to qualify. They're playing against a Norway team, but they won four three away. So okay, and they they look. Uh, I did. I shot them uh, two weeks ago, and they look. Uh, they look. Great, don't they? At the moment, they're looking really yeah, good. They're, yeah, they're doing well. They new coach and uh, they're doing well. I think it'd good be good to see them. the uh, the German league uh, a bit more competitive and and you know not Bayern Munich winning it after uh, Christmas. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from the Bayern Munich fans that are listening, probably won't of say course. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for good. your time. We'll uh, we'll leave it here. Yeah, well, you're welcome. Well, Speak good. soon, mate. All right. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Lars, for speaking to me. My first interview via Skype, and apart from the occasional teaspoon I could hear stirring his coffee cup, I think that went pretty well. I would recommend that all keen sports photographers out there take a, a few minutes and have a look at his website, LarsBaron.com, where you can follow him on Instagram or Twitter, on Lars Baron 1975. That's L A R S B A R O N 1975. He has a name 
Same name for both social media outlets. Now, you, the listener out there in podcast land, thank you for putting up with me and I hope you're liking the show as much as I like making them. If you have any questions, I would love to hear from you. So please contact me again, my Twitter handle, AllSportsNapper, or my website, AllSportsNapper.com. Thank you. My name is Dean. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this uh, podcast. And last thing, observe, listen, and practice because your best photo could be one frame away. Mm-hmm.